Hi, Graham. Hey, David. That seemed dour. Sour, no, 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 like no, 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 no. No, you good? I'm good. Okay. Well, hopefully this joke will eliminate all the glower dower in your... I'm not dower! Oh, okay. All right, all right. Hey, what was the first animal in space? <laughs> um, well, I know this answer. It's a monkey. Nope. It was the cow that jumped over the moon. I don't like it. You don't... <laughs> I'm just going to say, I don't like this one. Makes me uh, angry for some reason I can't pinpoint. <laughs> one. Uh, I give it a one. What? <laughs> I'm mad. I'm just... I'm dour. I am dour. You caught me. I'm dour. You are setting yourself up for a rude awakening when you tell your joke. Hey, David. Uh, yes? Uh, why are writers so cold? Why? Because they're surrounded by drafts. <laughs> oh, there was a laugh. That was a laugh. You can't give me one. That was a laugh. Yeah, but but hold on. Can we go back to why you hated that joke so no, much? No, that would take a lot of introspection. I'm not interested. So is it the problem that the joke is bad or that you have problems? I, um, the joke's bad. And I have problems with the joke. All right, yours is... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to rank yours. Enough of the nonsense. Let's get on with the a, nonsense. It's a five. Welcome back to Withy Window, a whimsical interactive show for kids who love stories, words, and grown-worthy jokes, featuring your favorite authors and illustrators. It's part book club, part game show, and it's an adventure through the wild world of wordplay. I am David Kern. And I'm Graham Pittman. Glowery Graham Pittman. Glowery? Glowery Dowery. Glowery Dowery. <laughs> Those words all mean very different things that they're being used in this context. <laughs> uh, Graham, how's it going? It's going very well. This is another excellent episode i hope of witty windle it's the eighth episode of season five everybody it means we're coming to the end of another season of witty windle but before the season ends we're gonna have two episodes this week next week now graham what is next week's episode question pafiza question pafiza so be sure to send in your questions over on our Substack page that is withywindle.substack.com you can also tap that link that is in the show notes uh what are we gonna do today graham uh today we are going to read listener stories that they have submitted that's gonna be a great time we have how many uh it depends on how much time we have we maybe have four maybe five four or five stories that we're going to be reading uh, before that, we're going to do snack time. And at the end of the episode, we're going to have another riddle for you. Now, this will be our last riddle of the season because next week, with being the last episode, we won't be able to give you the answer to that riddle. So this, we'll just give you the answer next week to this week's riddle. Let's as the- just tell them the truth. We're what? out of riddles. <laughs> After this, this is the, actually the last riddle known to man. There are no more riddles left in... In the, the universe. Uni- well, the world. Universe. We don't know about the universe. That's true. We don't know about the universe. Yeah. You know who does know about the universe? Uh, Spaceman Spiff. Cow that jumped over the moon. (laughs) (laughs) We'll work this out. We'll work this out later. Graham, before we get into that, though, I want to ask you some questions. Okay. Graham, who is your favorite Night of the Round Table? Oh, is there a Gareth? There is. Oh, I don't like him. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're glowery dowery still. I mean, uh, you got to like Arthur. True, but is he technically a knight of the round table? No. Uh, what about Lancelot? Complicated, but also a, a wonderful stories about mm-hmm. Lancelot. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I ask you this because these are the kind of characters that show up in that new book of Arthurian legends. Percival. Published, true. P- Galahad. Published by Balin and Balin. Not published by Balin and Balin, but I'm answering that question again. Published by the Cersei Press. Uh, designed cover-wise by Mr. Master Graham Pittman, Ooh. who is sitting across the room from me right now. Knight of the rectangle table. If, if you like if you like knights of round tables or rectangular tables, uh, princesses, wizards, characters like that, then this is a book for you. It's full of some of the most beloved Arthurian tales, some better known than others, of course, but it's just chock full of wonderful stories. It's also full of questions that you can ask while you're reading or after you're reading. And all of this adds up to a book that is ideal for reading aloud as a family. And in fact, it makes that reading aloud time even more engaging and and simple. Um, These are wonderful stories that have been around for for hundreds of years and uh, make up a key component in, in English literature. So if you are interested in checking this out, Graham, how can people do so? You can click the link in our show notes. Easy. Or go to Circe Institute. 
com or dot org. They both go to the same place. C-I-R-C-E Institute dot org slash books. Still pretty easy. Not as easy as tapping the link, but still pretty easy if, if for some you'll, reason you can't tap. You'll end up at the same place. Yeah. Um, so check that out. That book is no longer on pre-order. It is, uh, is it shipping now? Yeah, so it is shipping it's now. It's shipping now. So that's, uh, that's excellent. And so, you said this book is ideal for reading aloud, but it's it, actually um, only allowed to be read aloud. It's only allowed. If only. you try to read this book silently, uh, you, it, you get in trouble. It's, there's trouble. There's trouble I, brewing. And you know what? They'll throw you in uh, book jail. Who will? The knights? Yeah. The knights, well, the peasants. The peasants will revolt. You know what? I dare someone to get this book and try to read it quietly. And oh. Let us know what happens. No, don't follow that advice. <laughs> You're leading them down a, a bad path, Dan. <laughs> well, speaking of leading kids down bad paths, it's time for snack time. Uh, we... <laughs> Spot the lie. <laughs> <laughs> we have been ranking things the last few weeks. We did chips. We did English candy. We did American chocolate. Now, Graham, we are going to rank four. <laughs> we're going to rank four store brand, store bought chocolate chip cookie brands. Cool. Now, are you a chocolate chip cookie guy? Sure. Now, we all know that there's nothing better than a warm chocolate chip cookie coming in. You know, your wife makes delicious chocolate chip cookies. She does, yeah. It's so, it's just one of the best things you can eat in dessert land. Yeah. Uh, you know. But sometimes you don't have that opportunity. Sometimes you, you rely on uh, a store brand uh, that yeah. has been engineered over the course of decades to be perfect when unwrapped. Ready-made. Ready-made. Yeah. We don't all have time to be bakers. Not, not all. That's right. That's right. We've got four, but maybe we can convince your wife to make us chocolate chip cookies for a future snack time. Mm. Um, or listeners could send us in their chocolate chip cookies and we could do a little uh, taste test. Anyway, uh, we've got four chocolate chip cookie brands here. We have Pepperidge Farm Montauk Milk Chocolate. We have, which I, those are a little softer. We have just a classic school, you know, be in your lunchbox. Famous Amos. Famous Amos. Those are a little crunchy. We've got the uh, Chewy Chips Ahoy. And then we have the Tate's Bake Shop Thin and Crispy Chocolate Chip Cookies. Now, before we get into this, I want to ask you, are you a Chewy Chips Ahoy guy or a Chunky Crunchy one? Both. Uh, what about you? Uh, I prefer the Chewy, I think. Okay. But what I wanted to do here is have two Chewies and two Crispies. Chewy Homemade... Is fantastic. Yes. Chewy store-bought can go wrong. That's true. Yeah. It that's, can turn into like a, a rubber kind of texture. So we'll see. We'll that's see. That's right. That's true. Okay. So we're going to rank these four. Now, I know this is not... There's other store brands, but these are the ones you can get in, in most any store. You yeah. know, you're not going to have to rely on, you know, North Carolina brands or New York brands. You can get these. You could do this taste test at home with your family. In fact, if you do that, we'd love to hear what your rankings are. Okay. Here we go. Let's start. What would you like to start with? Um, let's start with the Pepperidge Farm. So they call this the Montauk Milk Chocolate Soft Baked. Okay, here you go. Montauk. Catch. Okay, now you know what we didn't do is we didn't make, we didn't get a glass of milk, we didn't do anything like that. No. For, do, do you drink milk with, you don't drink milk, do you? No, I'd blend up more cookies and i drink that. <laughs> <laughs> You're a weirdo. No, I don't. I, I chocolate milk. I love chocolate milk. Mm. This is good. Pretty good cookie. Yeah, it's it's chewy, but still has good. You know, it's got that good density. So you're getting an actual like you're actually chewing something. You know, it tastes like a real kind of cookie. Like it yeah. was baked. It doesn't taste artificial or anything. I mean, the chocolate chunks yeah. are just big enough where you're still getting them, but they're not like. Ruining the cookie dough part. First place right now. <laughs> All right. Let's do Famous Amos next, which is, now these come, they're like minis. I've, have you ever seen a larger bag than that? No. I haven't either. I so. Do Here, they make two. a big bag of Famous Amos? I've no. only seen them like vending machine size like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. These I've always thought look a little weird. They're like crumbly. Dusty. They've got chocolate. Dusty. Dust. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I, I mean, that's not wrong. Um, it's almost like eating a chocolate chip Pringle. <laughs> all right, you go first. Where are you putting this? After the Pepperidge Farm. I'm also putting it after, but 
in first place. So you, so you like that better? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have more to say about that later. All right. Great. Now here is the Chips Ahoy Chewy. So this is our second Chewy. This is America's chocolate chip cookie. I think. Some people just yelled into their. I think it's true, but like. Most... Oh, we need Sam on SD Smith on this episode. <laughs> this is so you know what's interesting about this is the the Pepperidge Farm Montauk uh, milk chocolate one bigger. It's the, like the size of the kind of cookie you're gonna get when your mom makes them, right? Yeah. These are like the size of an Oreo. I think they've been getting smaller. Yeah, probably. probably. I think. Yeah. Smaller chocolate chips. Shrink like flavor. Very round, like very perfectly round. It's a little dry. A little. It's a little um, underwhelming. Yeah. It's a little bad. Yeah, it's not good, honestly. You're right. Mm, I remember these being better. Me too. I think they've gotten smaller and worse. Ma'am. To save money. Profit margins. Um, I'm not a big Famous Amos guy, but even this goes after Famous Amos, in my opinion. This is the bottom for me. Okay. Is there a big gap? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, here's our last one. Here you go. This is Tate. These are Tate's Bake Shop. Now, this goes... I want to shout out my friend, Josh, our friend, Josh Reynolds, because this is his favorite cookie. Oh. Tate's Bake Shop, uniquely crispy, deeply delicious chocolate chip cookies. These are... These are much thinner than the famous Amos, but they're still crispy. They have the look of a homemade chocolate chip cookie that's been cooked a little more. Ooh, this tastes very different. This has like almost like a toffee. Is it because it's kind of like burnt? Maybe, but I think it's like, I think it's probably a little more buttery. And that butter turns Yeah, that's it. Butter and brown It's kind of caramelized maybe a little bit. Mm. That's a good cookie. That's very good. There's a lot. I think there's more things going on here. Good sized chocolate chips, but not too many. Now, this is a little bit higher price point. I think the bag was five bucks. Probably got not the less chips soy not, lectin. Not the chips ahoy were. <laughs> yeah. Super cheap. So, what are you looking at here for your four? How are you ranking these? Take us through. All right. I got Famous Amos at the top. Wow. Then this last one, we got the uh, Tate's next to it, and then the Montauk Soft Pepperidge Farm. And then this little tiny rubber hockey puck. Um, For me? Well, hockey pucks are firm. This is a... Yeah, chips away at the bottom. For me... I don't think we're even going to eat those. I'll eat them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, I've got Tate's first, then the Pepperidge Farm, then Famous Amos, then the... Chips uh, Ahoy. Chips Ahoy. But honestly... I think the first two for me, there's that and there's a big gap. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so why do you like Famous Amos so much? You said you had something to say about that. I I think it's a nostalgia thing. Okay. Like, I ate these a ton. I used to get them different trips in, like, high school and stuff. I'd always find a bag of these cookies. So you're, like, 5% Famous Amos right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a lot of... Wait, did you say 5% Famous? Famous Amos. Oh, wow. Uh, I love these cookies. I love them. The more you eat them, the better they get to. Oh, and that's okay. why they put like 10 in a bag. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I adore these cookies. Just... And these, the two I put at the top are the crunchy ones, which is interesting because I really love a soft cookie, but I, maybe I don't like a soft store-bought cookie. I mean, see one, the thing I like it, like, look at that. Okay. I'm looking at the bottom of, like, look at those nice chocolate chunks on that. You're looking at the pepperidge bar. one. Yeah. yeah. Those look good. You, okay. I love the crunch on the famous thing. I love that. It's far. Okay. But I remember growing up absolutely loving like Chips Ahoy with um, M&M's. Oh, yeah. I wonder if those are any good anymore. If they've fallen off too. That would be really sad. To me, this whole dough is just. Of the Chips Ahoy. You know what? This is is the cookie version of a lazy word. Chips, the Chips Ahoy? Yeah. (laughs) That's good. The the unfortunate thing is Chips Ahoy is a fun name. It is. I just I think I think they've changed it so much that this is like they mess with they mess with it. It's like fifty percent food stuff, fifty percent plastic. That's what <laughs> I feel like it is. But this Tate's mm. that oh, is a good cookie. I would eat a lot of those. Well, but I still like that famous Amos, the tiny well, little crunchy dusty cookie. Here, Let's take a break. We're gonna come back and read some stories, but in the meantime, here you eat the rest of this bag of famous Amos. Whoop. 
flying through the air. Oh. Yeah, I got all dusty. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and Graham, it is time to share some of our favorite stories in this first round of stories by the listeners. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, it's not? No. Wait, what's what? Why? Are you hijacking the show again? Yes. No, 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 I'm not. This You just forgot. You forgot about uh, our other sponsor for this episode. Oh, yeah. That's right. You, you, wait, I did? Yeah, you did. Okay, we're just jog my memory. Uh, so, what shoes are you wearing today? Uh, well, these are... Boring ones. Comfortable. That's what. Okay. Nikes? More like schnikes. <laughs> Adidas? More like Adiduds. <laughs> Pumas? Cruel. More like Dudas. <laughs> Pumas and Dudas. Your feet deserve pizzazz. You know what? You are right. Wait, what's pizzazz? From the makers of Pop Socks, those delightful fizzy candy stockings that took 2022 by storm, come the latest in confectionery footwear. <laughs> Introducing Sour Patch Kids. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Just spat out my water. <laughs> now I know what you're thinking. You said Sour Patch Kids? Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Is this just a pair of Keds? Those ubiquitous white canvas sneakers beloved by moms everywhere. And have you just taken a bunch of Sour Patch Kids and super glued them all around the shoes? Of course not. That would be nonsense. Who gave you that idea? Did Steve tell you that? No. Steve. These are giant Sour Patch Kids that you jam your feet into. (laughs) Are they awesome? Yes. Are they comfortable? Yes. Are they durable? Define your terms. Are they stylish? I don't know. Why don't we ask these happy customers? <laughs> Before I got my Sour Patch Keds, I didn't even know what life was. That's from uh, uh, Kath- Cather- Catherly. Cathery? Cathery, yep. Uh, here's another testimonial. Weird name. I bought these for my wedding. I've always wanted to marry the love of my life wearing giant gummy humanoid children with vacant eyes and soulless smile on my feet. And now my dreams have come true. Just say yes to Sour Patch Kids. That's from uh, Trishel. <laughs> and what about this testimonial? Ah, oh, there's ants everywhere! <laughs> you know, Graham, I got it. We got a note. <laughs> We got a note at the shop. <laughs> the girl that works for me, her name is Elizabeth. Shout out to Elizabeth. Okay. One of her friends came in, and he's 12, and he left a note that he likes the show. And the thing that I didn't tell you is on the note, it also says, P.S. Graham is funnier. <laughs> <laughs> and I think hey, you just proved him wrong. You're, you're, this is the middle of an ad. Oh, sorry. They're going to get mad at us for wrecking this ad. Sorry. Uh, call to action. Okay. Oh, so what are you waiting for? Head over to www full stop sour patch keds full stop com today and order yourself a pair in every color and soon you'll be squishing your way to a better life it's just like our jingle says sour patch keds they're so neat it's the magical treat for your feet that you can eat not available for sale <laughs> wait what uh, it's i don't know well i guess the ad the ad is what it is <sighs> sour patch keds an interesting, interesting product uh, idea. I've got I've got lots of questions. Um, we all got questions. We'll all get the ants soon. <laughs> Doesn't that sound good? Gummy shoes. It sounds great if you're on a on a long trek and your food supply runs out, and you can wear them all over and eat them and wear them to the beach. Well, oh, I don't know. If I, would I don't do know, that. About, the I don't know beach, about the beach. Uh, factor, but I'm buying them. I'm buying one of each color. You could wear them to school. You could wear them to church. You could wear them to court. You could wear them. <laughs> I tell you what. You could wear them to the movie theater. Jaws will drop. <laughs> I. That, the, <laughs> that's that right there. Jaws will drop. That's the slogan. Jaws yeah, will don't drop. make me sing the their actual slogan again. Yeah, could you could you do it again? Nope. Could you? Well, okay. So you got some stories for us. Thanks to Sour Patch Kids for sponsoring the. 
this episode of With I Wendell. All right, Graham, so what's the first story that you're going to read sent in by a listener? All right, this is a story called There Once Was a Rabbit. Okay. And this is by Daniel. Daniel, okay. So thank you, Daniel, for sending this in. There once was a rabbit. Not a rabbit. A rabbit. I'm hooked already. It's not a rabbit, lowercase r. It's a rabbit, uppercase r. Oh, okay. okay. He often said, if anybody spells my name with a lowercase r, I shall pound his nose until he can't eat any more carrots. <laughs> and I have never really been sure whether he meant it or not. One day, as he walked along, he came upon a troll wearing a curious apron and a machine that consumed a steady stream of paper and walked about on two legs, these being its only limbs. So the machine... Is consuming the paper. Seems like it. Okay. The rabbit strode right past them and instantly heard whispers. He turned indignantly and demanded, Are you talking about me? Yes, rasped the troll, and his large mouth spread in an ugly snarl. You're in Crispy Kenneth's territory, rabbit. Crispy Kenneth. (laughs) The rabbit gasped. You called me a rabbit! Now I must pound your nose until you can't eat any more carrots. I don't eat carrots, but you're welcome to try and pound my nose, returned the troll, and he rolled up his sleeves with a nasty grin. Hold! droned a voice that sounded more like a note than a word. I am the word of the week, printer, and this is Garglehauser the troll. (laughs) Wait, I know these characters. Crispy Kenneth has demanded that you be turned into a pigeon. A pigeon? roared the rabbit. The rabbit lowered and shamed as a bird. With a whirl and a flash, he was a pigeon. The pigeon was devastated. (laughs) He flew away, and by the time he came to a pigeon farm, Joe's pigeon farm, read the sign, he flew in. Hello, I'm Joe, said a man. We finally get to meet Joe. How can I help you, my good pigeon? I am not a pigeon, I am a rabbit who has been turned into a pigeon. Oh, my good rabbit, whatever. (laughs) No, rabbit, with a capital R. But it doesn't matter when I say it. Yes, it does. (laughs) Fine. They both looked askance at each other, and finally the man spoke. Well, we uh, don't serve rabbits here, so you'll have to turn back into a rabbit and find a rabbit farm. Do you know how I might change back? Asked the rabbit, hopefully. Well, I suppose you might ask my cousin Jim. (laughs) How would I find him? Just go to the mountains and ask for wet Jim. So the pigeons flew off. The pigeon flew off. I really hope the people listening to this have listened to a lot of episodes of Withy Window. Otherwise, (laughs) they're very confused. I might make it better. Yeah, it's true. That's true. (laughs) By and by, he came to the mountains. He saw no one to ask, so he merely asked aloud, I would like to speak to wet Jim. (laughs) Instantly, never say that. I've never. Never say that. (laughs) Instantly, Jim appeared. If there has ever been a Jim wetter in his being than this one, I know him not and hope never to. (laughs) Indeed, the source of his wetness remains a mystery to this day. It's so true. He knows wet Jim well. I would like to be a rabbit, please, stated the pigeon. And with a whirl and a flash, he was a rabbit. But alas, one with a lowercase r. He howled and raged. But the wettest of Jim's was gone. (laughs) I wanted to be a rabbit, not a rabbit, he moaned. He hopped down the road and was suddenly hit by a small car driven by a hamster. (laughs) He tragedy. He fell in the ditch. When he crawled out, well, it's the third act, so. Yeah. Uh, When he crawled out, he found that the car had driven into a building signed Hamster Garage. He walked into the building, and there sat the hamster. Do you relish that you almost ran over a rabbit? demanded the rabbit. I almost ran over a rabbit, returned the hamster. Lowercase r, he explained. But I am no mere rabbit. I'm a rabbit with a capital R. The laws of grammar say that you aren't, though, said the hamster with a yawn. Who are you to defy them? The rabbit was taken aback. He had never thought about this. Nobody, I suppose. He admitted in a small voice. 
Then go away, said the hamster. I am a very special hamster with a capital H, so leave me alone. <laughs> so the rabbit went home and lived a happier life from that time until his end. That's spectacular. That's quite the story. That's a, that's. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Wonderful. Bravo. Bravo. Insert some more bravos, Logan. But not my bravos. Other bravos. Some bravos, too. <laughs> All right, my turn. Up next, we have The Dew Quest by the Nygaard sisters, Gracie, Madeline, and Aubrey. Dew? The Dew Quest. Like, D-E-W. Oh, not like you, you're doing. Mm, correct. Dew, like the dew outside. The dew, well, I don't know about that. But the morning just, dew. It's spelled D-E-W. Let me, can, can we read the story to find out? Let's read it. Okay. In a land where fire burns down, the moon is green and the sky is pink, there lived a girl named Eloise. She abided in an upside-down purple cottage with a teal roof. Eloise lived alone, except for her ten cats, one camel, five chickens, twenty horses, and eighteen dogs. <laughs> she grew wheat for a crop and her neighbors thirty buckets. Everything was going just dandy when she was bitten on the third finger to the right of her left hand by a firefly-sized dragon. I hate it when that happens when things are going dandy. They go dandy, and the next thing you know, you get bitten on the third finger to the right of her left hand by a firefly-sized dragon. Oh, no, she exclaimed as it swelled to twice its size. If I don't treat it soon, I will turn into a sausage. The only treatment for a firefly-sized dragon bite was a drop of dew from a dragon-sized firefly's lair. <laughs> the lair of a dragon-sized firefly is very difficult to get to as they live high up in the mountains, but she was determined not to turn into a sausage. So she packed some dry bread, one graham cracker, a Snickers knee, and two pairs of socks into her saddlebags. And mounting her blue-eyed Bactrian camel named Cheerio, she set off. She rode for five exhausting days. On the first summer day at sunset, she came across a rabbit-sized deer. Do you think it's a capital-sized R or a lowercase? It says lowercase here. She came mm. across a rabbit-sized deer being chased by a cloud of cat-sized bats. The rabbit-sized deer hit underneath a leaf, so the angry bats stole a pair of her socks instead. Eloise had to light a fire to keep them from taking all of her footwear. Smart. The second day, she rode through rain on rocky hills and saw a blue, brown, and yellow rainbow in the ground. That night, she was woken by coyotes sitting next to her and howling. She fell back asleep, and when she woke up the next morning, they had turned to stone. Whoa. The third day, there was a blizzard, so she had a bowl of hot graham crackers for breakfast. Yum. And that afternoon, she came across a meandering stream in a valley. The water is poisonous, Chirio told her, so they moved on a little way and went to sleep under an elm tree. The next morning, the tree was gone, for a family of beavers the size of crickets had chewed it down. The fourth day, in the morning, she was attacked by a conspiracy of ravens, an attempted murder of crows, and then a gang of elk made off with her Snickers knee. The fifth day, she nearly got run over by a blessing of unicorns before she finally arrived at the lair. An extremely bright, dragon-sized firefly was guarding the entrance and wouldn't let her pass. Cheerio was terrified of this dragon. Hold on, let me say that again. Cheerio was terrified of this dragon-sized firefly and ran off as fast as he could. Eloise knew the weak spot in a dragon-sized firefly was its eye naturally. So backing up, she got a running start and executed a perfect flying roundhouse kick, hitting it right on the dot. That is the... You would love to see a perfectly executed roundhouse. Especially in a moment of uh, of uh, tension and drama. Mm. With, the, with all, with all with your, your future at stake. The dragon-sized firefly flew off, leaving the entrance unguarded. She raced in, slipping and sliding on the glowing fungus as she went. Eloise could feel the swelling spreading to the rest of her body faster than ever. Alas, she wasn't going to make it. Just as she thought this, she came to a dead end. Shucks! Snippet pigeons! Ahoy, snivers! She shouted in frustration. She spotted a hole in the ceiling far above her, but she couldn't get it to it. Would you like me to say those words again? I, uh, yes. Shucks! Snippet pigeons! Ahoy, snivers! All of a sudden, Cheerio raced up beside her and spit on her face. Cheerio, she cried. Cheerio made her climb on his back so she could reach the hole and stick her hand out just enough to wet it with dew. The swelling stopped and then went away. Thank you, Cheerio. You saved me. She hugged him and they went back outside where it was raining milk to begin their journey home. From then on, she always wore gloves. The next day, a firefly-sized dragon bit her on the nose. 
The end. <laughs> oh my word. Can I say what my favorite part was? Please. My favorite part was the fourth day in the morning, she was attacked by a conspiracy of ravens, an attempted murder of crows, and then a gang of elk made off with her Snickers knee. Yes. It's a great sentence. And then the next sentence says something about a blessing of the unicorns. The fifth day, she nearly got run over by a blessing of unicorns before she finally arrived at the lair. I want to know if the Nygaard children made that up. Blessing what? as the, the plural, the multiple you mean of like unicorns? How a murder, it's, a, it's a murder of crows and a conspiracy yeah. of ravens. Or if that's a thing. You know what? Um, it's been said that specificity is the soul of narrative. And the amount of specifics and descriptors in this story is mind-boggling. Uh, a blessing is the collective noun for a group of unicorns. All right. So they... Nice work. Yeah, well done. Hold on, let me... Bravo! Bravo! Logan, more bravos and bravas. All right, Graham, your turn. All right. Are you ready for the next story? Yes. Now, I was asking the kids out there. Oh. Okay. Uh, all right. This one is called The Train Ride. The and train this, ride. this, this okay. one comes to us from Molly. Okay. All right. Here we go. I hated a lot of things. Mice. People interrupting me when I was speaking. <laughs> getting up early. But nothing compared to the thing I hated most. War. Mm. First, it had taken my papa away from me. Just two months later, Warren turned 18 and had to leave too. Then it had only been me and mama. But now, as if all that wasn't enough, my family was going to be split four different ways. I was going to be alone too. My stomach squirmed and my eyes moistened as I turned to mama. She pulled me into a tight hug. Be good, Charlotte. She kissed my brown hair. Remember, I'm sending you away because I love you. She pulled something out of her coat pocket and strung it over my neck. Your train ticket. There was a loud whistle that announced the train was leaving soon, and Mama gave me a push. Go. I redoubled the grip on my bag and hurried onto the train, only a few moments before it left the station. I didn't know anything about the house I was going to, except that it was supposed to be safe, away from the war and the air raids happening in my own town of Bristol, England. Apparently, I was looking very confused because a man asked me if I needed anything and then showed me to the right compartment. There were two girls already sitting in the room and they watched me as I sat down. They continued to watch me, which creeped me out a little, so I stared out the window. I fell asleep a few minutes later, emotionally exhausted. When I woke up... I didn't know how much time had passed, but I did know that I had to use the bathroom, so I stood up and walked to the door and looked out the window. I could see the man who had helped me walking down the aisle. I also saw something falling from the roof. It looked like snow. The closer I stared, the heavier it fell, and I pushed open the door and stepped out. The door swung closed behind me, and I found myself not in the aisle of the train, but in a forest. Snow fell from the gray sky, making a shiver run up my spine. This didn't make sense. I was in a forest, not a train, where I was just two seconds before. And the realiza realization struck me. I gasped. Could it be magic? Mm -hmm. I looked at my surroundings and saw long marks in the snow that looked like they were made by a sled. And like any normal person who finds long marks in the snow in a forest that may or may not be magical, I followed them. I didn't have to walk far. Yeah, I mean, as one does. <laughs> I didn't have to walk far until I found a large sleigh, stopped in the middle of a path. Reindeer were in front of the sleigh, and a very tiny man stood beside them, a whip in one hand. He had a long brown beard, and a hat almost as tall as himself perched on his head. Was he a dwarf? No, dwarves were fake. Or were they? A woman sitting in the sled. She was tall, with a large, beautiful crown on her head, and pale skin and blood-red lips and she held herself with confidence. There was also a boy sitting beside the woman. He wore clothes, the style similar to mine. The woman asked the boy if he wanted anything to eat, and he said Turkish delight. I had had that once, and I didn't like it at the time, but after months of eating tasteless food, I'd give anything to eat that. Turkish delight. Even from a lady as scary-looking as her. They talked as the boy ate the Turkish delight, but I didn't catch much of their conversation. I gathered my courage, walked up to the sleigh. Hello, I said as politely as I could. She gave me an annoyed, disgusting look. Another one? Who are you? 
Charlotte Hughes. I got right to my point. May I have some Turkish delight too? Charlotte Hughes. She drew out my name, rolling her R's. That boy, are you his sister? No. May I have some Turkish delight? The lady's eyes narrowed. No. Go away or I will turn you to stone. She said something to the dwarf in a language I didn't know and they raced off. I took a moment to regain my senses and then followed the boy's footsteps in the snow. And as I walked, I heard noises and hid behind a tree. It was not only the boy, but a younger girl too. She was talking about some fawn and someone named the White Witch. White Witch, the boy asked. Who's she? The girl described the awful witch who had called herself the queen of the land and she turned people into stone statues. The girl said the land was called Narnia. The lady in the sleigh was the I've witch. Heard of that. <laughs> now I was glad I didn't get any Turkish delight. My thoughts were interrupted when I heard a noise behind me, a growl. A gray wolf jumped from behind a tree and raced towards me, and I screamed and ran in the opposite direction, running for what seemed like hours. Just as the wolf caught up to me and I truly believed I would die in the strange land, I came to a small door on the side of a mountain I had been running along. I grabbed the doorknob, burst open the door and tumbled inside, and I fell to my knees on a soft carpet, gasping for air. The stitch in my side ached, and I felt like I was about to faint from running so hard. I looked up when someone cleared their throat. <clears throat> the short man from the train's face twisted in confusion of why I had just come out of the train compartment, breathing hard like I had run a race. He said nothing, but his face made comments, especially his eyebrows. I stood up and smiled like I had done nothing unusual. Hello. And I walked to the bathroom. I reached the house I was going to be staying at two days later, and it was owned by an old professor. I met four siblings who were also there because of the air raids. And that train ride is the reason that, when they told me about how they had gotten into a magical land called Narnia through a wardrobe and had an adventure there, I believed them. Hmm. I'm glad you read that one. It's a different tone yeah. than these other two. But it's uh, very, it's it's really fun how, it's kind of like how Kate Albus was inspired by the Narnia books to write her book. Yeah. And this young author here was inspired to to do her own story that's inspired. Right, because I was way. thinking, I was like, okay, where's this going? This sounds really familiar. And it's really familiar because she's imagining a different version of a story we know. Yeah, that's really Placing good. a character in it as almost like a bystander seeing... Uh, characters you, we already know, fantastic. Latching on to things that we're familiar with. Yeah, that's really fun. Very What's her name again? Molly. Bravo, bravo. All right, we're going right, to, we'll do one more. And if we didn't read your story, we still have them all collected. And next season, we're going to be doing this exact same thing. We're going to be. It doesn't mean we didn't like it. No, not at all. There's so many good stories. Well, this next story is from Tiana, or Tiana, Tiana? Tiana. Uh, it's called Little Goldberry Hood. <laughs> I think we made a joke about Little Goldberry Hood, like, in season two or something. Well, we're going to find out more about Little Goldberry Hood, I think. Can't wait. Once upon a time, there was a little boy named Little Goldberry Hood. He always wore a warm hoodie with the logo of Goldberry Books on the front. This sounds exactly like Graham Pittman. One day, his mother told him... In fact, Graham is wearing such a thing right Currently. Now. <laughs> One day, his mother told him to go and visit his grandfather, a woodsman who lived in the Arden Forest, and take him some graham crackers with hot milk to warm him on the cold winter's day. So little Goldberry went out with his thermos of graham cracker milk and started through the forest. Now, I do have some comments on how one eats graham crackers, but hot graham crackers, but that's for another time. A pigeon of Frank's pigeon farm, who was carrying a message across the country, saw him enter the forest, and seeing his Goldberry hoodie, knew who he was. So he followed Goldberry, watching to see where he went. Goldberry, unaware of the pigeon, continued on lugging the thermos and wondering how far it was to his grandfather's house. He'd never gone there by himself, but had always gone with his mother. All at once, a pigeon flew at his face and landed on a branch in front of him. Excuse me, little Goldberry hoodie, he said. I hope I'm not delaying you from something important. Well, actually, said Goldberry, but the pigeon cut him off as if he hadn't heard him. I couldn't help but notice you as you entered the forest, and I was wondering what you have in that thermos of yours. Little Goldberry opened his mouth, about to tell him about his graham crackers and milk for his grandfather, but remembered what his mother had always told him about talking pigeons. 
Uh, nothing you would be interested in, he said, and continued on his way. The pigeon glared at him, burning with curiosity after the, about the thermos. About a third of the way there, the pigeon appeared again, flying in his face and squawking. Hamster garage! Hamster garage! <laughs> Goldberry stepped back, confused. Um, what is a hamster garage? The pigeon landed on a branch again, and seeing he had not dropped his thermos, sighed and said, Never mind. Then he flew off, and Goldberry continued on his way. Well, two-thirds of the way there, the pigeon again dived for Goldberry, this time aiming for a ham that held the thermos, fluttering and shouting, Certified sticks! Certified sticks! Just before the pigeon reached his hand, however, Goldberry switched it to his other hand to ward off the attack. When the pigeon was safely on the branch again, Goldberry said, What is certified sticks? Again, the pigeon sighed. Never mind, it said again and flew off. This time, it flew as fast as it could to the cave of Gargalhauser the Troll. Now, you may have heard stories about Gargalhauser living in a bookstore, but at this particular time in his life, Gargalhauser lived in a cave in Arden Forest, where he spent his days terrorizing local humans who were dull enough to live close to the awful This stench. is before he was bookstore troll. Right. Yeah. This is when he was the it's scroll the, it's, troll. It's the origin story. <laughs> Gargalhauser! called the pigeon as he neared the cave. Bleh, grunted the troll. Sounds right. What do you want? I need your help, said the pigeon. Little Goldberry Hoodie is traveling through the forest, carrying a thermos, and I want to know what's in it, so I can know if I want to steal it. I tried Hamster Garage, and I tried Certified Sticks, but nothing works. Why should I help you? growled Gargalhauser. I'll carry more gloop into your cave. Nothing. I'll help you the next time you want something? Still nothing. I'll play you classical music all day tomorrow. Fine, beak face, but you'd better make sure you do all of that and bring me gnarled vegetables and rotten fruit for the whole week. Yes, yes, said the pigeon. Now follow me and we will trick little Goldberry into showing us the thermos. By the time Gargalhauser and the pigeon caught up to Goldberry, he was just around the bend from his grandfather's house. They took a shortcut to get to the house. The grandfather was outside cutting wood when they arrived. Gargalhauser quickly and silently overpowered him and stuck him in a closet inside. The pigeon sat... You know, I I have to stop you. Yes. Trolls can easily overpower grandparents. Right? Yeah. I think... That's it. I just want to say that. That's what... Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the pigeon sat innocently on the wood pile just as Goldberry came round the bend. Gargalhauser was inside putting on some of the grandfather's clothes and his hat. Goldberry groaned when he saw the pigeon... Not you again, he said. <laughs> Just then, Gargalhauser came out of the cottage. Oh, Grandfather, Goldberry said. There you are. Mother sent me to bring you something. What is it? rumbled Gargalhauser. Goldberry cast a suspicious look at the pigeon. I don't think we should talk about it here, he said. Why? asked Gargalhauser. Well, you know what Mother says about pigeons, Goldberry said, raising his eyebrows suggestively. <laughs> um, started the troll. Yeah, yes, yes, of course. But Gargalhauser made no move toward the cottage. So we should go inside to talk about it, right? Uh, yep. Still, he made no move. Goldberry sighed loudly and pushed past the troll, opening the door and going in. Gargalhauser close behind. As he closed the door, Goldberry commented, How smelly you are today, Grandfather. <laughs> How long have you been chopping wood? It's not that hot out. Uh, I forgot my shower last night. How much more lumpy your face is, Grandfather. I've never seen it so large. Gogglehauser mumbled something about pimples. Your teeth are so much longer than before, Grandfather. Oh, just show me what's inside the thermos, Gogglehauser <laughs> roared. Fine, Goldberry roared back. No, don't, yelled a faint voice from the closet. Goldberry looked around. Who was that? he asked. It's your grandfather, said the voice. Where are you? Gargalhauser tried to cover up by talking loudly, but Goldberry followed the sound to the hall closet. Open the door! Goldberry opened the door, and his grandfather jumped out with such ferocity that he looked like a pouncing lion. Gargalhauser was so startled, he burst out of the house and hoofed it home. The pigeon saw him burst out and thought, anything scary enough to frighten a troll must be truly ferocious. So he decided to take his message rather than worrying about small children's thermoses. So little Goldberry and his grandfather were left alone. Goldberry gave him the thermos, and he winced when he saw the graham crackers and hot milk, but he drank it for the sake of his daughter. The end. <laughs>
<laughs> well done, Tiana. I bravo, bravo. I love a good uh, uh, fairy tale reimagining. I, I, yeah, it's same. It's wonderful, and that's great. And the the best part about this is that pigeon desperately wanted to know what was in there, whether or not he should steal it. And of course he shouldn't, because it's gross. It's hot milk and graham cracker mush. The pigeon yeah. wouldn't have wanted it anyway. They went to all that trouble. Should, should I offer my comments on, you know, the verisimilitude related to uh, hot graham crackers? And nah, nobody wants to hear a defense right. of this nonsense. No, speak for yourself. But I'll take your word for it. Well, that was wonderful. Those were four... Truly delightful stories by our listeners. Thank you to everybody who sent a story in. As Graham has said, if we didn't get to yours in this episode, perhaps in a future episode we will. So keep writing stories. Keep sending them in. Keep having a great time with that. Um, we are so impressed by the creativity of all of you listeners. Uh, we still have to decide exactly what we're going to call you. Uh, we'll have to decide that. With the Windletiers? I think we'll have to decide that for the last episode next week. Oh, that's good. We'll yeah. add that to our, uh, to our question palooza. Question five, sir. All right, David. Yep. Uh, we're going to do a riddle, but before we do that, yep. uh, last season you uh, surprised me and uh, decided to do a tiny little interview where you asked me questions. I did. I did. Um, One of your favorite days of the year. That we usually ask our authors. So I'm going to ask you a few questions that we usually ask our authors. Oh. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Would you like to see any of your works turned into a movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be great. <laughs> which which one? Any of them. Any of them? Yeah. I'll send you a list. Is Coulter a work? Is Coulter my son? Yeah. He's a work in progress. <laughs> Coulter the movie? Yeah. Uh, Goldberry the bookstore the movie? Yeah, absolutely. Goldberry the bookstore the movie. That sounds, yeah. All right. Uh, Cheetos or Doritos? Uh, it. Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch Cheetos? Doritos. Okay. Uh, cookies or cake? We just had a lot of cookies. Yeah. So. Um, I think overall, I actually would prefer cake. What? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I agree with this, but um, that doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> have you had a cookie cake? Yeah. You know, interestingly, the, interesting that you mentioned this because my kids... We didn't have an oven for a while. It was broken. So now we got a, our oven. We got a new oven, actually. Mm -hmm. And our kids have been baking up a storm. They've been making homemade pretzels, like making Hold, the dough what? and all that. Yeah, like soft pretzels. They're still working on the shape part, but it's they've been making these pretzel ball things. Like they looked up a recipe for pretzel dough. And... They, well, we have, they have it in a cookbook. We have it in the house, yeah. Awesome. And Jeremiah, shout out to Jeremiah, also a work in progress. Uh, the, um, he made um, a cookie cake. So in a spring formed pan and he made a chocolate chip cookie cake. It okay. Was, it was wonderful. I'm going to come over to your house more frequently <laughs> than it happened. Is there like a surplus uh, of these? Maybe we're going to stop making cookie cake. Are there, is there a surplus of these pretzels? Well, you have four kids that eat he, like monsters. And he's been, they've been bringing them to the neighbors. He's been making them. Uh, this is, I, I think he made them twice this week though. Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> Anytime. Okay. Uh, you just got to move in next door. Coffee or tea? Okay. So this is... A complicated one because I do like coffee quite a bit. I particularly like I like a good latte. I, you, you drink Americanos, I like that. But I, I like to, I, can, I drink more tea because it's easier on my. What stomach. kind of tea? Well, in the mornings I'll drink English breakfast or Earl Grey, and in the evenings I'll drink something herbal. I drink a lot of tea actually, <laughs> so really it's tea that. over coffee. Yeah. Um, I uh, I know you like. Uh, some of the local places in our fair city. I do. Concord that mm -hmm. makes some delicious coffee, but you're not like brewing coffee at home. Well, well, Bethany does. And I, sometimes I'll drink that, make a pour over or brew it, how it, you know, in a whatever, but I drink in the morning I get up. And if I, if I have either of them, I most often just will have a, like an English breakfast tea, um, no milk or anything. I usually I'm a late, I, I'm usually in a rush in the morning because I don't like to wake up early and then you have to go to the store or anytime. I don't like to wake up anytime. Uh, 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 uh. Next question. <laughs> Can we get that snippet sound effect there, Logan? When did you know you wanted to be a writer? <laughs> uh, when I was six. 
Um, did you do a lot of research on Mars for this book? Very little, to be okay. honest. More than you would think, but very little overall. Uh, Lots of Mars knowledge already. All right. If you could book wander into any classic story, such as Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, or The Secret Garden, etc., uh, which classic would you choose and why? <laughs> um, the Sh- I would go The Shire, The Lord of the Rings. Boring. I would go to... David no, boring. Con- it's great. You just wake up. Well, you don't like to wake up. You don't wake <laughs> up. You sleepwalk to your tea. Yeah. Make some sausages. Yeah, and then I read some books. Talk to the gaffer. The <laughs> yeah, this is also, I don't know what the problem is here. It sounds wonderful. Find a ring. Put it back. Put it Put it on the mantle. Wait, like 40 years. Yep, yep, yep. Pass it on to somebody else to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bilbo over Frodo. Yeah. Right? yeah okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, can you recommend a folk or fairy tale from Iran? <laughs> no, <laughs> sadly. Okay, all right. Um, the Daniel uh, Diary book. Here's a good one. Uh, Judah, who's twelve, asks, um, "Why this, the the characters in your stories? Um, why do the animals and people that you draw? Do, why don't they have mouths?" Because <laughs> uh, um, I'm it's just very poor at drawing mouths. Okay. So it's easier if they don't have them. All right. Yep. Yep. Not having developed that skill. All right. And this one's from Thomas. He says, uh, your books are set in all sorts of different locations, Montreal, Scandinavia, Japan. Where did you grow up and how did that inform your writing? Well, I drew up, I grew up on a small island off the coast of New, of uh, Norway mm-hmm. uh, called uh, Borway, but it was Kind of, kind of not a lot going on there, so I, so I escaped. <laughs> so I swam to England and then on to Ireland and then on to Iceland on the back of a duck, and uh, then I subsequently lived in uh, Canada and I lived in Wisconsin and then I lived in Idaho and then I lived in North Carolina. And, uh, okay, all of those have made me hungry. All those places have made me uh, hungry, and that's what's informed my work. All right, here's a good question from Felix. We'll uh, see. It says, for Chris, I don't know who Chris is. Um, what is a producer? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> okay, never mind. This one's from Isaac and Charlotte. You know you- what? I can tell you. A producer can have a lot of different roles depending on the kind of medium that you're working in. Mm, in some places, you have the kind of producer who is like our audio engineer, Logan, okay. who I want to give a shout out to because... He would say he's not a producer, but I think in many ways he is a producer because he helps produce this podcast. So and shout out to Logan. Also deduces what we are saying. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, it's incomprehensible. This one's from Isaac and Charlotte. Um, do you like Nashville hot chicken? <sighs> it's like coffee. I actually do like Nashville hot chicken a lot, but I can't. My stomach can't take it the way yours can. Um, okay, this one's from April. Also, I have a giant scar on my tongue that not not uh, friendly with spicy oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, the capsaicin. From um, when I bit through it when I was four. April's wondering, how were the voice actors chosen? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> it's a long story. Um, usually what happens is Graham and I go in a room together and we decide what we're going to read or what story it's going to be, whose week it is, and then that person reads it, and then that person just chooses the voices that they're going to, to do. So that's that's kind of how... Like just for yeah, the moment. People don't, might not realize this, but we are voice actors. Yeah, like, we are. I'm not Graham, and that's not David. Right. We just pretend to be. He's there in a different Sean, room. and I'm Jameson. Leroy. Uh, okay. Uh, here's an actual great question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real mm-hmm. question. <laughs> yes. What is your favorite book to film? adaptation and don't say lord of the rings because we all know that's great Does, can it only be a kids <laughs> uh, no okay i'll tell you <clears throat> yeah. this is one not for little kids probably I'll, i've got i've got a couple great okay one fantastic mr fox oh which is a movie that i think almost anybody can watch the littlest the littlest kids might not enjoy it. my my, like it. my um Almost six-year-old watched the whole thing and loved it. Great. Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is an adaptation of a Roald Dahl novel. Um, for the older kids, True Grit, the, not the John Wayne one, the newer one. That's my, one of my the favorite Coen ones. Brothers the Coen one. Brothers one. That's a great book, too. It's a great book for like um, 
older kids and teenagers to read. One of my favorite female characters. And I mm. also absolutely adore the Anne of Green Gables adaptation from the 80s. And then also the Fox Robin Hood. These are great answers. Uh, Izzy asks, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? And when is your next book coming out? <laughs> uh, well, I, I actually am working on two different books, one of which might actually come out. Um, more on that in future months. Um, the first question about ice cream is, are we talking it has to be the flavor or like could, it, could I, like it has to be, you scoop it out and it's already that flavor? I have no idea what you're talking about. So you, as opposed to something's blended in with it. Um. Okay. You know, you go. So you go to take the it ice wherever cream you want place. to take it. Okay. My favorite ice cream treat there is in the world is vanilla frozen custard blended with raspberries. It's fresh. It's tart. It's sweet. It's all those things. Yum. That's my favorite thing. But if it's just like you're scooping, you know, you, you strawberry ice cream, chocolate ice cream, you're scooping it out of the barrel at the ice cream place. Uh, my favorite is probably Superman butter pecan. What? I love butter pecan. That, no, you don't. I've never seen you get a butter pecan ice cream. Yes, you have. In my life. You just don't pay attention to me. That's not true. I also do love um, anything that's tart. Like, I really like um, ra- like rainbow sherbet, ras- like anything that's yeah. got a really tart thing going on there. Butter pecan. Strawberry. Strawberry is really good. You just, you said butter pecan and you just aged five more years. I just got some grays in my beard. Yeah. You know what? Try it. No. Just yesterday, we went for ice cream with my kids, and I got a butter pecan concrete. Oh, so it's just top of mind. I, I get it. Okay. All right. Last <laughs> question. Most important question. Okay. Here's a hot dog a sandwich. Oh, my gosh. No. Cool. It's not. All right. Thanks for coming. That was David. Thanks for having me. If you want to learn more about my work, head over to Withy Window. <laughs> head over to Goldberry Books, 12 yeah. Union Street South, Concord, and, North Carolina. So can I tell the kids about something that I want to do at the shop? No. So we, All right. Next segment. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So we have been getting people who come into the bookstore who listen to the podcast. Sometimes they come, like we had a family come four, two families that are friends with each other came four hours out of the way on their vacation yeah, to come visit our shop, which is a great honor and crazy. Um, but what I'm going to do is for my trip to England, I bought a Polaroid camera, like one of those instant cameras. So what I want to start doing is when kids come to the shop and I'm there, we're going to get a picture of these families who of with the kids who listen to Withy Window, Ooh. and they're going to get a copy of the picture if they want it. And we're going to get one and we're going to hang it up on a board or a wall or a door or something somewhere or in the put shop. It in the basement. We're going to put it on the door at Gargalhauser's lair. Um, so next time, yeah, you, you, you got to mention it just in case I don't know who you are that you listen or something like that. Um, so I love that idea, but speaking of Gargalhauser, yes, speaking of last week, um. Remember, we have to get the word from Gargelhauser. Yep. yep. Uh, I yeah. told you I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I know what they're doing in the basement. Oh. What what he wanted me to... In exchange for the word. Yeah, what he wanted me to do... He said it was expensive, so I'm bracing for it. Um, well, he gave me a stack of flyers. A stack of... Like a stack. Of a stack of flyers. Okay. Not like a stack of pigeons, that things that fly. Um, no, a stack of flyers to post around our city. Okay. Um, and you're not going to like it. Uh, okay. I've already done some damage control, so but let me just say it first. Okay. The flyers said, brand new bookstore opening, Goldberry Basement Books. And it's the same address, but it says use the back door. So I got a peek back there. Uh, they've been building a bookstore in the basement called Goldberry Basement Books. And the printer is printing out all these books himself. That's why they need all the paper, all the ink, all the wood for the so shelves. they're creating all the, the books themselves to sell. That they're going to sell. The now, margins now, okay. are probably a lot better. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, the one thing that I think might save us. Okay. Uh, the troll and the printer, they're smart, right? They're right. not smart enough. I'll say that. Okay. They printed, every book is identical. Oh. 
Uh, that's an interesting business model. Yes, it's all the same so book. So they've just printed this literally the same title. Over and over and over. It's called The Truth About Trolls, um, <laughs> which, honestly, I kind of want to read. <laughs> but well, we probably should. Yeah, it's true. Not, but since they've done that, I don't know if it's going to be actually like any competition. So how do you want to handle this? Should we just let them have a so, bookstore, basement, I, bookstore, 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 basement, bookstore? I That's just... And just let people wander in. It's probably honestly not worth the stress of trying to get rid of a troll and a bookstore printer that's sentient. Well, I did put the flyers up because that was the agreement. It's fine. You did did your job. You did the honorable thing. We got the words. You gave us the word. Yeah, yeah. I think you did the right thing. And the bookstore's not bad. It's not good. It's not bad. It seems like it would be a little dim. It's very dim. There's like one candle in the middle. Okay. Which on... Okay, that, that we should address. We, we need to get them at least an electric light because candle, bookstore, bad idea. Yeah, that's probably true. A lot but of uh, there, We flammables. can respect the ambition and, um, you know, maybe they'll realize there's not a lot of people um, interested in the truth about trolls. Or if it's a roaring success, good on them. Well, maybe it'll just get more people to come into the actual upstairs bookstore that sells more than one title, too. Right. And then if you do, you can come by, you can get, we can do a picture. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. You got a riddle? Right. I do got a riddle. Last week's riddle, should we give the answer? What was last week's riddle? Uh, well, it was about the man who got hit. Oh, by, the hats with the and hats. the donuts. Yeah. So what, did you figure out who, whose hat was No. So you said which, the policeman, the this lawyer. Policeman, a lawyer and a, and a plumber. plumber. You remember, what was the plumber's name again? Uh, did we say his name? Mario. No, I don't think we said it was Mario, did we? Hold on. It's a me, a plumber. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Okay, let's do that again. So last time we talked about how our Jimmy Sprinkles, Jimmy Sprinkles Jim was Sprinkles. on a donut journey and he got hit three times aggressively by three I'm all, different... I'm on a by, donut by, journey. By a, by a lawyer. It was a lawyer. It was a policeman and a... Um, it's a me, a plumber. That's right. And it's a, it's a, it was a plumber. But the question was, which of these characters had the biggest hat? I would think it'd be the plumber. No, I mean the lawyer, because he wants to be important. But I don't know. I don't know. How are you supposed to know this? Well, the, it's whoever's got the biggest head. Oh. That's right. That's good. So simple. <laughs> I know. It's like almost, it's almost too simple. It's almost like I was trying to distract the kids with copious amounts of unrelated details. Donut talk. That's right. Yeah. Okay. This time, I'm going to do the opposite. Oh, you got another riddle. This is our last riddle of the, of the season, because next week's the last episode, so we'll just give you the answer to this one. Now, the thing is, it's, uh, well, it, it, is a, uh, it is about Jimmy Sprinkles. Okay. So Jimmy Sprinkles went to a party. His nose was, was, was fine. Okay. There's no, no, no pain in this one, but he Who's goes to a party. Go to? Uh, well, he went to the lawyer's. Oh yeah, they they made yeah. they made a, a connection. And the police officer was there. And it was supposed to be a neighborhood party, and then uh, who's the other one? Um, it's uh, uh, it's a me, a plumber. Yeah, he was there too. Was Chaffee there? Yeah, uh, he kind of got uninvited. He's catering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so they're at the party, and the plumber he introduced Jimmy Sprinkles to four friends. Okay, they were very important people to the plumber. The first man is is the master of priceless gems. Oh, the second man, you know, he's a master of love. Okay. Third man, master of shovels. <laughs> and the fourth man, it's a master of big sticks. What? Is this a real is riddle? This, he's, yeah, he's a real okay. riddle. Now, here's the thing. Jimmy Sprinkles, he spent most of the time trying to figure out who these guys actually were. And then it came to him at the end of the party on his way home. Oh. What came to him? Who were these men that he met? Master Pop. of, what was the first Master one? Master of priceless gems. Master of love. Master, Master of love. Master of, of shovels. And sticks. And big Master sticks. Master of big sticks. That's right. This is, this is nonsense. This is a perfect riddle for this podcast because it's <laughs> nonsense. Uh, so if, you, if, you, kids think, if kids think they know the answer, what should they do? If they know the answer, I'm, they should come to Concord so we can give them. A, I can give them a firm handshake because this is very hard. <laughs> Graham's address is uh, anyway. And so, 
anyway, so Concord, North Carolina, two eight zero two five. If you know the riddle answer, email us at podcasts at goldberrybooks.com and you will be entered in to win a book bundle at the end of the season. Which is very soon. Well, Graham, that brings us to the end of our eighth episode of season five of Withy Wendell. Thanks to all the kids who sent in these delightful stories. Again, if your story did not get read, we will read more stories in a future episode. So keep sending them and keep working on them. We absolutely love getting them. Uh, Graham, anything else you'd like to add? I'm just, we just have to also say thank you to Sour Patch Kids. Yep. And well, let's shout out Pop Socks too. If you haven't bought those uh, by this point, I mean, what are you doing? Gotta get the Pop Socks. Yeah. Pop Socks. Match them with your Sour Patch. What's their link again? Uh, Sour Patch Kids? Yeah. Uh, www. Full stop. Sour Patch Kids. Full stop. C-O-M. Okay. Great. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the episode. For Graham Pittman, I'm David Kern. Till next time, happy reading. Goodbye.